Coote. Coote. Coote right through. Got a pass on to Brass, and Brass is it for the try. Oh, so easy. Nettie to Flannery. Flannery to Rickardson. Rickardson to Fletcher. Fletcher puts the arm up, and he goes over. Fletcher scores. Now it's one-way traffic. Williams has got the ball. Gets it on to Maloney. Sets himself. Kicks for Tupo. Tupo and Williams. Tupo! Roosters fans, well, Magic Round was upon us last weekend and what a display of magic we saw. With a scoreline 21-6 at halftime, we had plenty to crow about and our mighty cocks, well, didn't they stand up? Second half wasn't so good. Our boys went out there and let a few tries in and gave us one hell of a mighty scare. Well, look back. Thank God for the foot of Sam Walker and that halftime field goal because that put a seed of doubt in the mind of the Parramatta Eels. Well, it was up to the young gun, and young gun it was. Cometh the man, cometh the hour, Joseph Suwali. Well, he was invited off the back of the Parramatta winger, and he leaped, he caught, he claimed, and he scored. And there you have it, Roosters back in the lead. Silky and Bells, what a week to be a Rooster. Sure, we had a little bit of a heart flutter, but what a performance from our boys. They have certainly turned the corner, and to beat a very favoured Parramatta Eels, up at Magic Round, it was a great weekend. Welcome to Roosters Radio. Yes, what a weekend it was, boys. Magic it was, magic all round. The, the Roosters got up and it was a great win. Yeah, absolutely tremendous game of football to watch, Bush. As you rightfully said, well, what was really good was our start. It was great to see a score points early. You know, we'll talk about the, the game in more detail, but some of the combinations started to click and I would go as far as saying, it was our best performance of the season. I think so. And I think when you look to the front, we talk about getting a good start. We talk about JWH and we talk about getting on the front foot and we could see it from the get-go, the yardage, the metres, the purpose with which he led the team. He does this week in, week out. He's been doing it since he's been here. I reckon that's got to be one of his better games. I mean, there's been a lot of calls from the fans about, you know, JWH not coming from the bench and starting. He is our spiritual leader. You see him after a victory, beating the the esky drum, if you will. He wears his heart on his sleeve. You see him after victories, beating the esky drum, and it meant so much to him. And I think that when he goes forward, the team goes forward, and that sets a platform for the likes of Teddy and our back line, who are just, you know, Joey Manu. I mean, the combination he's starting to build with young Suwali, there's so much to like about what's happened. I love seeing Sam Walker take more control. Luke Keary went to the line. There's so much to like. Bush, I want to go as far as saying that first try, JWH scored, was Beatson-esque. He turned his back, threw a little dummy, little pirouette, and he went through, carried a couple of players over the try line. For the old-time Roosters fans, I reckon it would have brought back a few memories because it was a it was a great individual effort. Um, and from there, we kind of we, we kept pushing forward. Obviously, Teddy then scored a try. Sammy Walker's chip and chase like won the clock back. That was something from the '80s. So you know, we went into half time with a convincing lead off the back of that uh, field goal by Sam Walker. But 
as you said, it was a great first half. I will say this, addressing the second half, I thought the referee gave him every hope in as much as the six against. And, and so I thought it was worth addressing. You know, although we didn't get the rub of the green, the way that our boys hung in there and found a way to win, that was what impressed me. Yes, Hargraves had a phenomenal game. That first stint of his was awesome. 176 run metres, boys. Like, he's just, he's an amazing leader and with that meat pie as well. But Natty Butcher, he had a great game. He topped the tackle count at 45. And what you said a moment ago, Silky, was that right side. Tupanua and then Manu and Suwali. It's just, I can't wait to see that develop more and more with the season progressing on. It's going to be phenomenal. Well, you touch about the right side, and I agree. I think Satili had his best game. Obviously, Coach Robinson started Satili on the left. Uh, We've got Angus Crichton playing there uh, at the moment. But I think it's worth noting also, I think Paul Momorowski had his best game uh, this season. So, look, as a team, they were firing on all cylinders. Toops, once again, some big carries. Everyone, one through 17, turned up. And I want to give a special mention to Fletcher Baker. We've talked about him on the past few shows, but he got long minutes there last week. Obviously, with Lindsay Collins out and Victor going off with that ankle injury, we got to see a bit more of Fletcher Baker, and I like what I see. Absolutely, Silky. He's in a, uh, you know, Craig Fitzgibbon, Brian Fletcher mould. Fitzy in defence. Brian Fletcher in attack with ball in hand, and he just gives us that extra option. He's not afraid to go forward and try and uh, pop a ball or or use his skill. He's just not taking yards. He's actually taking a forward, and he's he's actually breaking the line, and he's also looking to offload, which I think is a magic thing. It gives the back of someone like James Tedesco every opportunity to do what Teddy does, the, uh, the human pinball. Well, I, I referenced Arthur Beetson earlier, but you're right, Bush. He, he does play like an older-fashioned uh, back rower, you know, l- looking to offload the ball. And, and as you rightfully say, with our little nippy blokes like a Kiri, like a Tedesco, like a Sammy Walker, if they can just get into a bit of space off the off one of those passes, there'll be points on the back of it. Now, Bells and Silky, uh, usually when I hear a bell uh, go as much as I did during the game, it means I'm, I'm supposed to eat. But I can't tell you, <laughs> that six again, Bell, that really confused me because every time it went off, I went up to the fridge. I, I just couldn't digest anymore, and I realised it was actually the six again, so I'm sure that's something that Coach Robinson is going to address. <laughs> they tell me you knocked off a packet of fantails in world record time there, Bush, in the second half. Uh, mate, it was absolutely nerve-wracking. I had nothing else to do but turn to the fantails. And, uh, mate, but I tell you what, it's something that we will have to address. One upside, though, is whilst they kept getting piggybacks and getting in that, defence was exceptional. We held our line, even with repeat sets when Parramatta were we're putting the ball in. You saw that um, Clint Gutherson, you know, put a couple of sneaky ones in goal. Toops was good. There was only one heart murmur where he uh, had that knock on. After that, our boys held the line. Once again, they couldn't score. The Bondi wall was in full force, and it was really, really pleasing. It's almost showing shades of what Roosters fans have got a bad habit of doing, including ourselves, 18-19. We won't forget back-to-back premierships, and I think we hold ourselves account to that standard with the players coming in it was just it was showing shades of that so it's an exciting time to be a rooster i agree with you bush our defense was was great yes we let a few points in but how can you stop a try like that from mitch moses that was like great try yeah like that was you know that was just talent he had the ball on a string on that one but um yeah we defended really well and we do pride ourselves on that the d uh, um you know in robo we trust with his d uh, and that's how you win games with defense just on those uh, penalties it was 6 to 1 I'm not sure how many were in the first half, but it was um, it was quite noticeable. And I wouldn't mind asking our guest, Connor Watson, who will be joining us on this week's show, 
what his thoughts were uh, at the back end of that second half when they Para had a lot of football and just couldn't cross the stripes. So, uh, so yeah, looking forward to speaking to Connor on tonight's show. Absolutely, Silky, fellow podcaster, started his career out with the Roosters, made his debut there, and then uh, had a pretty handy couple of seasons with the Knights. And what I loved about what Connor brought last week, uh, Bells and Silky, is he just brings so much spark. You know, he's he's so energy, di- yeah. so dynamic. Energy is the word. Thank you. Energy is the word. He comes out of dummy half, and look, it's not probably his chosen position. And I reckon his service is also getting better. He's so quick and dynamic. It's just exciting to watch. Yeah, it's great to have Connor back in the red, white, and blue. And it, looking forward to having a chat with him. But boys, our completion rate on the weekend was eighty six percent. Another big improvement, which is yeah. which is going to win us games with the ball in our hand. Bells, it's no secret that when we hold the football, we, we win matches. And there was, I remember the graphic flashing up on the screen there uh, last Sunday. There was at one stage in the second half, I think we completed 100% and, and Parra at 93. So obviously a real arm wrestle that second half. We got off to a flyer, but it was, uh, you know, due to the, the, the great football that we're playing. So, uh, yeah, it was great to see the boys finally find some form. Well, how did you feel when we were one point in front? Look, I actually thought we were going to get a bit of the rub of the green. They seemed to get all the luck in the second half, and we just had to hang in there, which we did. Look, we like Bell said that you know there was some freakish tries scored, um, but you know we we scored a freakish try our, ourselves. That Kiri's kick to uh, Suwali into the corner. I thought Sammy Walker did all right uh, in general with uh, the ball on the boot. You know, kick three from five plus the field goal. So. Plus the chip and chase. So, uh, you know, well done to him. Well, you're on Roosters Radio. We'll be back right after this with our special guest, Connor Watson. Well, Roosters fans, a real treat this week again. We continue to get the big names, and this is one of our favourite sons. He's certainly a Roosters Radio favourite. He's very good to us on Roosters Radio. He's always available for time. And I would say to you, Silky and Bells, in my books, probably go down as one of the prettiest footballers I've seen at our club <laughs> in history. In a line of Luke Rickardson and others, he can hold that title. He's a very good-looking uh, man <laughs> playing in the middle, and I hope that it's not too tough on him as he as he goes through his career because they're good looks if you've got them. Would you please welcome to Roosters Radio a man we love having back at our club. He just sparks out a dummy half. You can put him anywhere. He's a coach's dream. Fans love him. Women love him. Men want to be him. Connor Watson, welcome to Roosters Radio. Wow, what a what an introduction! <laughs> I've got a lot to live up to now that you've just put all that pressure on me. But thanks, <laughs> <laughs> mate. When we first got a hold of you, you're a young kid, you know. In 2016, you come to the club and made your debut, and uh, and you've come such a long way, some some strength. So you have got a bit to live up to, but you've certainly, uh, mate, you've had the business end of the shovel in your hand. So you've been doing a lot of hard work. It's different, you know, like coming back here as a 25 year old. I sort of thought. It's just gone so fast. It's crazy to be to be honest. And now I've come back, and I'm sort of one of the older blokes in the squad. So it's um, yeah, it's been a different sort of thing. I didn't think it would work out this way, but I'm glad it has. Connor, what have been the differences from when you know started out in 2016 to when you come back? Are there any differences? Yeah, yeah, there is for sure. You know, but it's so similar at the same time. It's funny one like speaking to Arnie Kath, who I'm sure you guys know very well. Um, yeah, she's just like, it feels like guys like me and say Paulie Momorowski, you know, we went for a few years and we've come back, but it, it's felt like we haven't left at all. And I, I think it has to do with, you know, the key people in the club being the same as, as much change that's going on. You know, we're in different facilities now. We're over at the SFS before it got knocked down and, 
now we're in the entertainment quarter and there's so many different things, but, you know, the head coach is the same. Arnie Cass still there, so much of the staff still there. And to be honest, like a lot of the guys that I came through with and played under 18s and 20s with are all sort of the guys that are filling up you know, the, the main part of the first grade squad as well as guys like Jared and Friendy and Orbo, they're still around the club. But that sort of core crew of players that was there when I first come come through are still still hanging around. So it's pretty cool. And obviously, mate, just on a personal note, the transition back from Newcastle to Sydney, how have you handled that? Yeah, it's been different, uh, different, certainly different lifestyles a bit. Newcastle's very laid back. Don't have to pay for much parking in Newcastle. I was just saying to <laughs> <laughs> to Rads this morning, um, uh, we got very Bondi today. We went down to Icebergs um, and had like a sauna and swim this morning. And I was just saying to Rads how we're talking about I've got two parking fines to go and pay today, um, which is a bit of a punish. But I don't know if I got fined the whole time I was in Newcastle. There's only one place you pay for parking, and that's if you go into the city of Newcastle and you don't normally have to go in there <laughs> very often. So um, that's been different. but. Like I said, you know, not many places in the world where you can go and have a sauna, swim in, in a pool on the beach. And, yeah, it was a very, very nice morning. It sort of made me very grateful for living down in Sydney. So, Connor, you come to the club in 2016 and made your debut. And uh, under that leadership was Jake and Boyd. And you're back in 2022. You've come out of the blocks and you're somewhat a leader yourself. How have you found that transition with your own role? Yeah, as I was saying before, you know, there's still... Like Friendy and Boydie, those guys are still in and around the club. So you kind of like yesterday, for example, you know, Friendy was sitting down with me and going through some hooker stuff and just picking his brain. And then Boyd's there as one of the coaches. So he sort of speaks up in meetings and stuff, which is really cool because those those two guys are two of the best leaders that, you know, I've ever personally been under. And um, yeah, Jared was, uh, you know, a really big part of, uh, my sort of debut year and then 2017. So um, to have that similar voice has been really cool. But Teddy's the captain now and I think, um, yeah, he's, he's a great captain. I didn't really know what to expect. You know, I, I'd seen so much of how he played and how competitive he was. But, yeah, he's a, he's a really good leader. He doesn't sort of say a whole heap, but, you know, as far as actions and someone you want to play alongside Teddy's certainly that guy and yeah I think just his last month of footy has been crazy that's why he's the best player in the world he certainly is and he does lead by example Connie yourself you lead by example I mean we all watched you fondly and particularly us you know we we got a great relationship with you and Danny last time and we wanted you to have success at Newcastle and we love the way you played and I love the story you tell of you know you were thinking of going to England um, just for our Roosters fans that uh, may not have heard that you know, when you ran Coach Robinson some advice, can you give the fans a bit of an insight into what brought you back to the club in that conversation? Yeah, when I was going through sort of negotiations last year with Newcastle, yeah, the first offer like I got I wasn't really happy with. And then one of my old uh, assistant coaches is head coaching over in England and he, he gave me a call. I think he sort of um, might have seen that, you know, I was looking around and he's at a pretty good club over there and he rang me and was like, would you consider coming over here for two years? And he was offering me a starting role and sort of gave me, you know, was thinking of giving me an opportunity to really lock down uh, playing hooker. And, you know, it was something that really appealed to me. I think the fact that I was... The way I looked at it was, you know, I'd had so many injuries over the last couple of years and, 
you know, I just really wanted to enjoy my footy again. And I saw that as a good opportunity for me to go somewhere completely different, playing a really good team, expand my footy. But then also, you know, at the time I was single and I was just thinking like, I don't have anything tying me here to Australia and I can go over there and just go and, you know, enjoy myself, travel and play some great footy and really, um, really soak in all that this game has to offer. And I rang Robbo. And I just sort of told him my thoughts and, you know, I, I went to him because obviously he coached over in the Super League and then he just basically said, you can do that when you're later, when you're older. So, yeah, it's it's a bit early in your career and the way the game's going, I just see your value increasing as far as, you know, the, the rate of injuries was going up a bit and then the ability to be able to cover different positions. He was just like, and the game's getting faster as well. So... Um, he sort of said all these things and then, you know, when we got to the end of the conversation, he, he was just like, I wonder if we could fit you in here at the Roosters. And then, you know, a week later, he sort of called me and, yeah, he was like, I think we can come up with an offer. Yeah, that would um, hopefully appeal to me to come over. And then I guess I had a big decision on my hands on, on what I wanted to do. And um, that week, it was funny, after having a conversation with Robert I probably went out and played my best game that I had in a couple of years and then I was like yeah I think it's too early for me to leave the NRL <laughs> um, the choice was made for you <laughs> yeah and then you know come to down to a decision on whether I wanted to stay in Newcastle or come back to the Roosters but I really felt like for my footy and the things I wanted to achieve in the game to come back to the Roosters and um, yeah, play alongside all, all these guys and under a coach like Robbo was really the place where I was going to get my best footy. Yeah, well, Connor, it must have been a really tough decision. I mean, we all saw your form in Newcastle. We know that you developed some terrific relationships and, and friendships and enjoyed the town. But to get an opportunity for Trent Robinson, arguably the best coach in the game, Nick Politis, the best chairman in the game of all time, and Joe Kelly, the best CEO in the game, it's a very, very difficult one to knock back. It must have been a decision weighing on you. How did you come to make that decision? It was a weird one, to be honest, because when I started having the conversations, it was like pre-COVID kicking off again. And then when it kicked off again, we all moved to the sunny coast. So I was actually living in the same hotel as the Roosters were and then having like these conversations with Robbo and then like having them with the night side of things. And yeah, it was really hard because I didn't have like my mom, my dad or any family around me to be able to have these conversations with. So I was like locking myself in my room and I'm like ringing mum and I'm thinking, I wonder if people can hear me. <laughs> Next door. Yeah, it was like, it was really, uh, it was really hard to sort of make, make a decision, but I think I made the right one. Now, Connor, you just mentioned, you know, in chatting with Robbo and you do, you're such a versatile player. You can play a few positions, but at the moment you're predominantly playing hooker um, and it's mm-hmm. a big part of the spine. How are you enjoying it so far this year? Yeah, I, I like playing hooker. I really do enjoy it. You know, I think probably would have played a bit more variety of positions if we hadn't had the injuries, like with Verils going down, you know, and then Rads, uh, you know, this, this weekend I probably would have, being able to play a bit more 13, but I think I'm going to have to stay in sort of that nine role until um, Verils gets back. But yeah, I'm enjoying it. You know, it's been good. It was pretty tough to start. You hear that round one game against the Knights starting. I hadn't had a trial game and um, yeah, I think I made like 50 tackles. So I was so gassed. <laughs> I was so gassed after that game. And then, but as my sort of game fitness and all of that's come back, it's, 
yeah, been really good. It's a tough, tough position, but I really enjoy it, you know, especially playing behind a forward pack and uh, back line that we've got because you get a lot of quick play the balls and a lot of opportunities. So, yeah, it's just the hardest part's been probably working on my combination with the guys like Luke and Teddy and Semi Walker and, yeah, just figuring out, you know, when to go to them and when to go myself. It's like a, it's a bit of a balancing act, so I think I'm still working on that but it's definitely getting better. Cotty, you just touched on injuries here, and you had one yourself mm. uh, a few weeks back, and it's a it's a weird one because you you injured your larynx or something to do with your throat. Tell us about that. Yeah, I fractured my larynx. It was so weird. I It was against the Broncos. If you can remember, they scored with like a minute to go, Yeah, and I think it made them four points behind. Yeah, so they were four points behind and they were trying to score um, to even the game up and there was 30 seconds left and as I've gone in for a tackle, the dude who was running has got like kind of braced and as he's braced, I just mistimed it wrong and his shoulder flushed me right on the throat. But then he offloaded. So as it hit me, like I, I was out of breath as sometimes if you've ever been hitting the throat really hard, you realize. And then it was like pretty sore and I couldn't speak. So I knew, uh, you know, I was, there was a bit of dramas there, but because he offloaded and they were trying to score, I wasn't really worried about it. So kept going on. And then eventually the game ended and we've gone into the sheds after the game and I, my voice was like really croaky. I don't know if you've seen the interview where Freddie tried to grab me. And I was just like, mate, I can't talk. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then he he literally asked me one question. He's like, oh, well, moving on from from you. And then um, after that, they were just the doctor because of what happened with Andrew Fafita's stuff. And if you remember, his throat actually like closed up, and they yeah, were yeah. Wor- worried for his life. So when I told the physios and the doctors, they sort of watched me for about ten minutes, and then they were just like, all right let's get you to the hospital. So I just jumped in the Ambo and they scanned it and then realized, yeah, it was a fractured larynx, but I was lucky by the time I got to the hospital, they sort of just settled it down. So it didn't swell up anymore. And yeah, then it was four weeks of just basically no contact, no full contact and yeah, played on the weekend and it felt good. So With that type of injury, Connor, you know, you just mentioned four weeks of no contact. Is there anything else you can do for that type of injury or is it just shut up and <laughs> not do anything for four weeks? Yeah, yeah, shut up basically. I think <laughs> um, everyone would have enjoyed that a bit so I wasn't around pestering them as much. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, it was just pretty much rest. Like I could still train and run and do everything with the boys. It was just as soon as training got into sort of the contact parts they just pull me out and then I was like just go off to the side and you know do your own sort of fitness and stuff so that's always pretty tough but yeah it was a really weird injury to come back from just because you know if you hurt your leg or whatever you you rehab that part and you specifically you know do weights and parts of that to get that better but it wasn't like that for me because all you can do with the throat is just let it rest and let it heal and not get a bump on it for for the next month so i was just training as normal and then wasn't able to play which was uh it was a bit frustrating there but i'm glad that's all done now and um yeah looking forward to the back end of the year just while we're chatting on injuries connor um you know you've just come back from one but you mentioned earlier you you were with rads this morning you know he had that injury on the weekend how is he yeah he's good he's pretty um He's in pretty good spirits. 
you know, the good thing about those syndesmosis injuries is they're not long term. You can you can come back from them pretty quickly. So yeah, I think he's just focused on getting back to it and playing some good footy. You know, he's he's had a pretty good start to the year. He had a great preseason and you know really led from the front for us. And you know, you talk about leaders. Uh, before talking about guys like Teddy and Jared, and I think Rads is a terrific leader as well. Um, yeah, it's been a bit different, you know, when I was here in 2017, that was the year he made his debut. So, yeah, it was a bit of a um, different, different Rads, the one now. He's um, really matured. So, but he's, yeah, he's an awesome leader and really, you know, leads by his actions, but leads by words as well. And, you know, he can say, say what he wants because. As far as um, backing up his words, he definitely does it. Now, mate, you made your return back to uh, footy last week against that very impressive win against the Eels. Now, we spoke to you up at the Captain's Club, Anzac Day, and we talked about where the Roosters need to improve. I think it's fair to say it was easily our our best performance to date. What did Robbo say post-match? Yeah, he was happy with just our toughness and ability to stay in the game. And, you know, we started – and I spoke on Anzac Day about our starts to halves. Yeah. I think we started the game really well, but our second half, we didn't start it well enough. And I think that just come back to, like, uh, tackling and line speed. You know, that's been a real feature of our game has been our line speed. And, yeah, that second half, we just weren't as – I guess, uh, strong with it as, as we were to start the game. And that just allowed them to, you know, feel them, feel their way into to the game a bit more. And they started to score a couple of tries and it made it a real contest. But um, as we looked back on the game yesterday and did all our video, yeah, we, we looked at probably that start of the game, the start of the second half sets, but then compared to when the game was on the line, we really lifted it up and, um, turned it up a notch, so we're happy with that, but we just need to be better to start second halves. I think from a fan's point of view, it, like you showed a lot of grit in that second half when they, they really came at you, but as a fan, what frustrated I think all the fans was the repeat sets that we kept giving away on the field. Was that part of the conversation as well? I mean, I don't think we got one, but I think they got about half a dozen or eight. It was it was tough to watch as a fan. I don't know what it was like playing out there because as soon as we'd be defending, it looked like they'd get another set on us. Yeah. It's funny you say that. Probably in the game, you didn't think about it too much because you're just worrying about, you know, stopping them. And um, if they give a six again, it's just like, okay, onto the onto the next job. But um, looked back at the footage yesterday and I felt like a couple of the six agains we gave away were, were hard done by. I know I spoke to... Rilesy about one that I think I gave one away and it was a standing um, vocab tackle. And as far as any training that we've done on it, I felt like I didn't push it at all, but it did give a six again away. And I think Nat was in that tackle too. And we spoke about how we felt like it was probably a bit tough, that one. And then there was one with Drew as well that we seen that we felt was a bit tough. So, yeah, it's sort of hard to pick with those ones. I mean, it's it's up to the ref, but... We just got to keep turning up, and and we did that on the weekend. So you know you're not you're not always going to get the refs calls. So you shouldn't be relying on that to to win games. And um, yeah, we won't. Can't argue with that. Moving ahead, mate. We've got a blockbuster match Saturday night. I'm just looking at the the Panthers lineup, particularly the forwards, and the matchups are 
you know, yourself, Appy Corrissau, probably the form number nine in the game. Mm. The back rowers, Angus and Satilli up against Viliami Kikau and Liam Martin. And, of course, uh, you know, the locks. Across the park, they've got superstars. Where do we need to improve from last week to match it with the Panthers, who are arguably the form side of the competition? They did really have a good game last week against the Storm, didn't they? They've done it for the last couple of years. They're, they're the form team of the competition. So yep. I think for us, it's what I spoke about before, you know, just making sure that we start the halves well. We did a good job of starting the first half well last week, but probably let ourselves down in the second. So, yeah, that's a big focus for us, just really making sure that we're there to to play for the whole game. You know, as cliche as that sounds, you want to play for 80 minutes and not just be in and out of periods because, you know, if, if you do – you know, switch off for 10 minutes, then a side like the Panthers will make you pay for it. So it's really just about us being in the zone and, and being locked in for the full period of the game. Well, Connor, we want to wish you the best, mate. We love uh, that you're back at our club. As I said, we're big fans of yours from your major debut. We watched you make it made your debut. We watched up at Wyong and it's so pleasing to see the leader you've become and, and the role you're playing in this team. Can't wait till you settle into where you want to play as much as you're enjoying hooker, as I said at the start. Too pretty for that, mate. Get out of there. Get behind him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Look what it did to Friendy, Connor. Yeah. I know. He, he, was a, he was a blonde-haired, blue-eyed waxhead when he first started the club. <laughs> now, now he gets called a garbologist. Now, <laughs> now mates, um, yeah, good luck, on, good luck on Saturday night. We wish you well against the Panthers. Ironically, you made your debut against the Panthers in 2016, mm. with, with, uh, not the joy that we wanted. Mate, uh, you know, you're a fellow podcaster yourself, so just getting away from footy and something to finish with, mate, besides oiling yourself up and flexing up at the Bondi Icebergs uh, sauna and getting parking tickets, what do you like to do away from football and how's the <laughs> podcast going? I do like um, going down to icebergs. It is nice, but I think I, I leave the oiling up and um, flexing part to Rads and BT. That's that's more their, um, more their forte. <laughs> but no, nah, I... Um, yeah, unfortunately, we're not doing the podcast this year. We really enjoyed it last year. Like, it was so fun, but it's just going to be uh, too hard for all parties to be able to do it with me being in Sydney and then those boys up there and, you know, different schedules, different games on, on different days. So, um, but still doing the coffee stuff. So, uh, we started the cold brew coffee. Which and it's like canned canned coffee, so yeah, that's called Lords Collective. So still doing that, working on some other projects. Um, got something coming up with my brother and a mate soon, which will be pretty fun. And yeah, just trying to do as much stuff away from the game as I can, because you know, as much as I love rugby league, I can't do it forever. So you've got to try and you know build some businesses and things that I can try and step into once I'm I'm done playing, finishing footy and. Yeah, it's actually really fun, you know. I, I love um, just sort of speaking to different people and learning from people who are, you know, in different fields of business and, yeah, whatever it is. It's just um, it's like a really good learning for me. So, yeah, I, I enjoy doing all that sort of stuff and, yeah, just working on some different things and hopefully I can talk to you about a couple of things later in the year. Absolutely, mate. Well, we've uh, got plenty of time for you. Anytime you want to head down to the studio and record something or uh – we're happy to give the, the coffee a plug or, or any new ventures. But most importantly, mate, good luck on the weekend. Uh, you're really flying the flag and doing a great job and uh, glad to hear that your injury's recovered. And we wish you the best as you uh, trudge out there on Saturday and uh, climb that next mountain for us, and that's beat the Panthers. Thank you, legends. Appreciate it. It was good. Like the old times, Thanks, eh? mate. Thanks, Connor. Yeah, <laughs> yes, mate. 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 Y
Welcome back to Roosters Radio. And guys, great chat with Connor Watson there, uh, you know, living at large in the eastern suburbs, but, uh, you know, off the back of his injury, playing some good football and looking forward to seeing him match up against Appy Corusau on Saturday night. Yes, it was great to have a chat with him and so great yeah. to see him back in the red, white and blue and, you know, leading in the spine there and, and he's starting on Saturday night in the hooker position, so can't wait to see that. What I found interesting in the interview too is that he's frequenting the Bondi Icebergs uh, for the for the sauna and the, and the steam route. And what I did find interesting is he's a uh, frequent flyer down there to the Bondi Icebergs for the sauna. I know Friendy used to go there religiously and it's a... Uh, you know, what a magic spot for a steam and a dip. Well, well, you know, we all know from members of our family and ourselves what a great way to start the day is. And, and guys, talking about great Bond icons and just changing gears a little, a little sad news for our Roosters family, our Roosters fans, and, of course, the Bondi family uh, that have lived and grown up here. Uh, last Friday uh, saw the celebration of the life of Peter Meyer. Uh, for those that knew Pete, uh, Silky, you know, you work with him out in the wharves. We all grew up with Pete uh, Bells at North Bondi Surf Club, at Bondi Surf Club, at the Bondi Iceberg, did all these haunts. Pete was one of the fittest fellas out there, extremely funny. He was a Paddington Colt junior, played with the Paddington Colts, Waverley College, first 15, and quite a supreme athlete in the water and out of the water from representing both Bondi Surf Club and North Bondi Surf Club. Pete's got three young kids and his beautiful wife, Di, that have uh, been left behind, and Pete uh, unfortunately succumbed to a cancer and uh you know we want to wish the family all the best and our thoughts and prayers and roosters fans are with them pete was celebrated last week at the surf club and we know that uh that they put a roosters jersey with him pete was just a diehard fan and it's uh, a very sad loss for the eastern suburbs it sure is bush i went to school with pete grew up with pete surfing uh you know along the eastern beaches and bells you were you were active with him in the in the surf club movement a true waterman pete used to do the molokai paddle by himself so for those that don't know the island of Molokai is, you know, some 40 kilometres or maybe even further to the island of Oahu. Pete do it one out, uh, a, a true warrior in the ocean and, and off it, uh, a great bloke. He'll be dearly missed and a diehard Roosters fan. You know, when we do events up at East Leagues, Pete, Di and the kids would come up to support us. So uh, extremely sad and uh, valet Pete Meyer. Absolutely. Well, turning our attention to the football this week and this weekend's game, we have a home game against the Panthers. Bells, it's going to be a tough mountain to climb, but I tell you what, it's a mountain we can climb. I cannot wait for Saturday night to watch our boys take on the Mitre Penrith. It's going to be a great game out there at the SCG, 7.35pm kickoff. We're actually honouring the women's side on Saturday night for their grand final victory, so yeah. they're doing a lap of honour before... Um, this almighty game at 7.35. Look, Teddy said it in the media this week, Panthers are the benchmark team all year and they're going to go out and, you know, they're going to give it their best and they're going to flog them, boys. We, I've, I feel it coming. Wow. I don't know why. The combinations are happening. The connections are happening. They'll take that win not from Parramatta. In, you know, they'll put that under their belt, the confidence. You know, Parramatta are a top four side and they're just going to go out there with all the confidence. Um, Lindsay Collins is back on the bench. Unfortunately, Rads is out, which is um, disappointing. But Nat Butcher's starting at lock. And, um, you know, a few question marks around Satili. So I think we'll know more towards the end of the week with him playing. And then, as mentioned earlier, Connor Watson starting in at hooker for Verrill. So, I think it's going to be a great game, and I'm picking a big scoreline, Roosters 32, Panthers 18. Wow, Bells, a comprehensive <laughs> preview there. Look, if you look at the man-on-man matchups, it, there's so many to talk about. 
Joey Manu, Stephen Crichton. Young Joseph Sawali taking on State of Origin winger Brian Toto. The halves, Lulawai and Cleary versus, you know, our youngster in Sam Walker and Luke Carey. I feel like Luke Carey found another gear last week. And then you've got the matchups up front. Hargraves versus Leota is a monster. Connor Watson up against Appy Coruscant. We talked about it in the interview. I, I think Appy Coruscant is probably the, one of the top number nines in the game at the moment. The, the matchups in the back row, Satili and Angus up against Kikau Martin. So, so many mouthwatering matchups. I think it's going to be a bruising affair. I think it's going to be a bit tighter than, than what you think, Bells, but I still think there's going to be plenty of points scored. I think it's going to be Roosters 26, Penrith 22. Wow. Well, I'm going to go close to that, Silky. Couldn't agree more with the matchups, and it's going to be salivating, and it's the time for our boys to benchmark themselves and get rid of all that negative press and those naysayers. Roosters, 24. Panthers, 22. Wow, two points, eh? Only a little in it, Bells. <laughs> well, that's it for this episode of Roosters Radio. We'd like to thank our special guest, Connor Watson. Hope to see you at the football on Saturday night, and as we say, each and every week, each to, to win. win.